It occurs to Brian Blake as he huddles in the musty darkness, the terror constricting his chest, the pain throbbing in his knees. If only he possessed a second pair of hands, he could cover his own ears and maybe block out the noise of human heads being demolished. Sadly, the only hands Brian currently owns are busy right now, covering the tiny ears of a little girl in the closet next to him. The seven-year-old keeps shuddering in his arms, jerking at the intermittent thwack, gaw, thump outside the closet. Then comes the silence, broken only by the sticky sound of bootsteps on bloody tile and a flurry of angry whispers out in the vestibule. Brian starts coughing again. He can't help it. For days he has been fighting this goddamn cold, a stubborn blight on his joints and sinuses that he can't shake. It happens to him every fall, when the Georgia days start getting dank and gloomy. The dampness gets into his bones, saps his energy, and steals his breath. And now he feels the pounding stab of a fever with each cough. Doubling over in another hacking, wheezing fit, he keeps his hands pressed down on little Penny's ears as he coughs. He knows the sound of his rasping is attracting all kinds of attention outside the closet door, out in the convolutions of the house, but there's nothing he can do about it. He sees tracings of light with each cough, like tiny filigrees of fireworks across his blind pupils. The closet, barely four feet wide and maybe three feet deep, is as dark as an inkwell, and it reeks of mothballs, mouse droppings, and old cedar. Plastic coat bags hang down in the darkness, brushing the sides of Brian's face. Brian's younger brother, Philip, told him it was okay to cough in the closet. In fact, Brian was free to cough his fucking head off. It would draw out the monsters. But Brian better not give his goddamn cold to Philip's little girl. If he did, Philip would crack Brian's head open. The coughing fit passes. Moments later, another pair of lumbering footsteps disturbs the silence outside the closet. Another dead thing entering the kill zone. Brian squeezes his hands tighter against Penny's ears, and the child flinches at another rendition of skull-splitting in D minor. If asked to describe the racket outside the closet, Brian Blake would probably revert to his days as a failed music store entrepreneur and tell you that the head-cracking sounds are like a percussive symphony they might play in hell. Like some trippy outtake from Edgard Varese, or a druggy drum solo from John Bonham, with repeating verses and choruses, the heavy breathing of humans, the shambling footsteps of another moving corpse, the whistle of an axe, the thunk of steel sinking into flesh, and finally the big finale, the splat of moist dead weight on the slimy parquet. Another break in the action sends fever chills down Brian's spine. The silence closes in again. Eyes now adjusted to the darkness. Brian sees the first shimmer of thick, arterial blood seeping under the bottom of the door. It looks like motor oil. He gently yanks his niece away from the spreading puddle, pulling her back against the boots and umbrellas along the back wall. The hem of Penny Blake's little denim dress touches the blood. She quickly pulls the fabric away and frantically rubs at the stain, as if the very absorption of the blood will infect her somehow. 
Another convulsive coughing fit doubles Brian over. He fights it. He swallows the broken glass of a sore throat and pulls the little girl into a full-on embrace. He doesn't know what to do or say. He wants to help his niece. He wants to whisper something reassuring to her, but can't think of a single reassuring thing to whisper. <laughs>